Welcome to the Flannery Podcast. This is episode 56, Bridges Over Troubled Waters. Stay tuned. Asian-based racism in Atlanta. This week, when at least eight people were killed in shootings at three massage parlors in Atlanta. We should be treating hate crimes as such. And make no mistake, these women were targeted on the basis of their race. Some of these incidents were not treated as hate crimes, and that's unacceptable. The people in the Asian American community know that we are being targeted. This is among our top three stories. About our failure to fulfill the promise we made hundreds of years ago that we were all equal. What is the tally of death? Eight people are no more, and one person survives but is badly wounded. Nine persons altogether. A conflicted white evangelical Christian terrorist gunman with a nine millimeter went to three Asian spas in Atlanta and killed and wounded these victims. He passed other spas in his circuit of terror and violence that were not Asian. He looked for and targeted Asians. This 21-year-old defined the beginning and end of his bloody misconduct in Atlanta by what the evangelists taught him to believe. This 21-year-old was from Woodstock, a mostly white community. He was a college dropout. He left school because it compromised his faith. He was active in a youth group at the Crab Apple First Evangelical Baptist Church. He was designated as a youth leader coaching colleges how to reach Christ. His parents disowned him, we believe, before the shooting. He attended Maverick Recovery, and he started taking massages himself. On the day of the shooting, he bought the 9mm and set out to kill. Four died at Young's Asian Massage. Three were killed at the Gold Spa. One died at Aromatherapy. Who were they? First, we have Alicia Hernandez Ortiz, 30, of Ackworth. He was shot in the head and the chest as he walked by the business in Cherokee County. Second, we have Ixeo Tan, 49, a licensed therapist, a recent University of Georgia graduate who owned and managed Young's Asian Massage. She was a mom. Her daughter survives her. She was a hard worker. She sent money back to China to help take care of her parents. A third person, Paul Andre Michels, 54. He's married for 30 years at the time. He's an army vet, he was, who owned his business installing security systems. He lived in Atlanta for more than 24 years. May have spoken to Ms. Tang about opening a spa himself. Dai Yu Feng, 41, killed at Young's Asian Massage. She had just started working there. Fifth person, Delena Ashley Yong, 33. She was on a date with her husband when she was killed. Married in August, she leaves behind a nine-month-old daughter and a 13-year-old son. Some friends said it's like she had a light that followed her around. Well, that light was quenched. Her husband survived. Six, Hyun Jung Grant, 51, a single mother with two boys, Ricky and Eric, 
They said their mom dedicated her life to providing for her sons. Now she was gone. She also helped the rest of their family in South Korea. She won't be doing that anymore. The seventh, Young A. Yu, 63, was remembered by the former U.S. Attorney General for the Northern District of Georgia. He said simply, we are devastated by the loss. The eighth person, Sun Cha Kim, 69, a grandmother described as an angel who was taken away in such a horrific manner. Hillary Lee wrote, as an immigrant, all my grandmother ever wanted in life was to grow old with my grandfather and watch her children and grandchildren live the life she never got to live. Six Asian women, three Asian businesses were gunned down in Atlanta this past Tuesday. I don't know if you read the book, The Bridge of San Luis Rey, Thornton Wilder's second novel, asking what divine intention could be uncovered in the interrelated deaths of several people who died in the collapse of an Inca rope bridge in Peru. Brother Juniper, a Franciscan, set out to answer that question. He spent six years doing so, compiling the interviews in a book he wrote in two parts. In high school, I read Wilder's book about these victims and the whys and wherefore several times, trying to understand how Brother Juniper answered the question. Not to be a buzzkill, but this is the only clear conclusion contained in Wilder's novel. I came upon it, but kept looking for what I might have missed. I think I read it four times. Wilder wrote, and this is, I think, the net of it. There is a land of the living and a land of the dead, and the bridge is love, the only survival, the only meaning. There was no mention of any divine intervention in Brother Juniper's analysis. It was about us living and how we relate one to another with love. The long ago popular movie about humans lost in the world, Alfie, asked the question what it was all about. The answer is it's about love. It's more satisfying than many others answers that others might give. Wilder later said when asked why didn't he answer it in the book? He said he didn't want to give any answer. He only sought to pose the question correctly and clearly and have, uh, you know, the reader presumably ask the question the right way to get the answer that fit that person. I felt when I found this quote years after I had plumbed the depths of his book trying to find his meaning, that he decided to be genuine to his own beliefs and that there was only love in his mind. There was no other answer he would or could answer because I think it would have been untrue to him. In Wilder's novel, Brother Juniper's findings are inconclusive as to the play of divinity and his book is burned as heretical and so is Brother Juniper burned to death. There's been some effort to shame, blame the victims of this young wacko terrorist killer. That's absolute nonsense. Young Alicia Ortiz was just walking by late Tuesday when he was shot, but now his wife is watching over her love at the hospital with gun wounds to the head and chest. No shame or blame in this apparently accidental shooting unless Mr. Ortiz displeased the shooter. Zia Jui Tan 
is a single mom who spends money back to China to care for her parents. Others hurt and suffer for her sudden, inexplicable death, psychologically, of course. Also, the lost love that burns and will dig into their bone for a long time before there is any surcease. The support and maintenance she gave to family, gone as well. Her act of love for her family, gone in an instant. In the bridge of San Luis Rey, there were connections between those fell into the chasm from that failed rope bridge. Ms. Tan and Paul Andre Michels, an army vet, was thinking of opening up a spa himself. He discussed it with Ms. Tan. Paul is missed by his brother and those who knew and cared for him. They were both shot to death that day. Plans and advancement, a soulless mist afterwards. Why was Dio Fing, who just started at Young's Asian Massage, shot to death? Delena Ashley Young, married to her husband, less than a year, children at home, was there at the Asian business with her husband. It was going to be a fun, relaxing visit. Only her husband got to go home last Tuesday. She was shot to death. Young Jung Grant left her two boys at home and family in Korea when shot to death. We had two elders, Young A.U., 63, and Sun Cha Kim, 60, the latter described by friends and family as an angel. What could they have done that justified cutting their lives short? What divine intervention could dictate such an outcome? There were both angels with years of children and grandchildren to enjoy, taken from them in an instant. Wilder's answer is spot on. Quote, there is a land of the living and a land of the dead and the bridge is love. The only survival, the only meaning. We heard about the cause for the death of these Asian Atlantans last Tuesday amidst a rise in anti-Asian hate crimes nationally. The man, the shooter, Robert Aaron Long is a self-identified Christian nationalist who committed these horrible crimes, claiming in his defense that the murders were not racially motivated. That's a story that's impossible to swallow. That's what the bad guys say to diminish the act that he knows he committed, whatever else he knows. His church that formed him until they kicked him to the curb, the Crabapple First Evangelical Baptist Church, immediately took down its website when Long confessed he did it. Sure enough, this showed, in my opinion, consciousness of guilt for what it would show were their true beliefs, how they felt about women, how they felt about Asians, how they felt about anybody who wasn't white, anyone who wasn't Christian. The shooter said he killed because of his sexual addiction, not racism. Sex and racism are not mutually exclusive causes. It was disappointing when FBI Director Chris Ray offered an initial assessment that the fatal shooting of six Asian women at three Asian spas might not constitute a hate crime. U.S. Democratic Senator Tammy Buckworth on the Talking Heads this Sunday said that from where she sits, it looks racially motivated. From where I sit, Senator Duckworth said, I want to see a deeper investigation into whether or not these shootings and other similar crimes are racially motivated. Um, Asian American women in particular have always been seen as subservient and meek and that they are the type of victim a bully or someone would target. 
Um, I am just horrified that this happened. I, I worry for the AAPI community all over this country, and I worry for the families of the victims of that shooting. And I'm even more deeply concerned that apparently the uh, sheriff uh, or the um, authority figure involved actually, you know, sort of came to defense of the um, of the alleged uh, perpetrator and said, "Oh, you just had a bad day. I'm sorry. You murdered people." You targeted people in three different locations. That wasn't a bad day. That was a massacre. Hopefully. Experienced investigators are rooting through digital debris to see what the church once said in the digital archives before it took down its website and what Mr. Long said in emails, text on FB, Twitter, what he said to others. While Asians are diverse in the customs and religious beliefs, these evangelical churches favor the view that Asians, if minority members of the church, are less Christian or not Christian at all. The roots of evil undergirding racial hatred go deep within our nation and are in our congregations. That's what Helen Lee said, who speaks out on Asian issues. Vivian Mabuni, author of Open Hands, said, don't write off these murders as a standalone act committed by a sex addict. Every act of terrorism at the hands of white men is portrayed in media as an individual act by a troubled victim. In the past, when the wrong man had a gun, Republicans would duck how they got the gun and focus on what troubled the shooter. When we have mass murders, we ask, how did the terrorist get his gun? In this case, Long got his gun on the same day as the mass murder of the Asians. But there's been barely a mention of the gun in this case, how he got it, how he could get it in a single day, how he was familiar with shooting it as he was. The politicals don't say thoughts and prayers anymore. They know that that bogus line doesn't work. Everyone knows that it's a dodge to avoid doing anything to set things straight, to pass the time until this terrible emergency has passed itself, when they have to deal with it or do anything to resolve it. We slide past how such a messed up individual with white supremacist religious training could escape interventions to keep him and others safe from his fringe Christian beliefs and how he could so easily become a gun buyer without restriction or limitation. Akiko Bergeron, as reported in Religion Dispatches, said, quote, White supremacy holds Asians in a weird light, complaining them as being the good minority while also devaluing women into sex objects who exist for their pleasure. Describing her own experience, she reportedly said, as an adult in the SBC, Southern Baptist Convention, I saw this fetish and devaluation from white men who thought I should have sex with them because as an Asian, I was a geisha, which they take to mean sex worker. And so it's not really cheating or adultery for them. We may fairly consider the question whether and to what extent were white supremacy and patriarchy factors in these horrific killings. President Biden's message about the attacks on Asian Americans was clear. It's wrong, it's un-American, and it must stop. Indeed, I believe we must. We must finish this calculus. And no door may be barred, not to the church not to anything or anybody. And I'm talking about the church that plainly fostered this hateful, bigoted creature long who caused so much havoc and hate and pain and left this hole in the world. If Wilder was right that the bridge is love and the only survival, the only meaning, then Long's life is hateful and meaningless 
and he should be treated accordingly. Stay tuned. There were several other things I thought to discuss, but I think this theme about what happened in Atlanta is worth some more discussion. I've charged the evangelicals, in essence, as white supremacist and sexist and racist. But religions and churches in general have challenges in this regard. It's been a long time since I served as an altar boy at a mass at Fordham or at St. Thomas Aquinas or St. Francis de Chantel. As we had been taught by Dominicans at St. Pius, we wondered why they were not allowed to be priests. These nuns, they plainly knew more than many a priest that we dealt with. Bill Davis wrote a great play titled Mass Appeal, presented at the Booth Theater in 1981. The play is practically a two-hander between the older father, Jim Farley, and a young, thoughtful seminarian. In the Broadway production, Milo O'Shea plays the older priest. This is an exchange they have in the first act. It takes place at Mass and St. Francis's Church. Last night, while I was thinking about our 3C series, I fell asleep straining over the most recent crisis facing our church today. Consequently, I dreamt that Hillary Clinton was ordained a priest. You guessed it. The question we have to ask ourselves this morning is, should women be priests? I remember when the big moral question of the day was, should we chew the host or let it melt in our mouths? I think that today's crisis is controversial enough to open it up to a dialogue sermon. Now, I'm sure you've all done some thinking about this subject, and we've had dialogue sermons before. They can be lots of fun if we're not shy. So let's, uh, uh, yes, uh, Mrs. Curry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, well, the reason the Pope gives is that priests should be in the image of Christ. Now, that's what he says, but he's not speaking ex cathedra. In other words, that decision is not infallible. So there's hope for you yet. Mrs. Curry, yes. Uh, Mrs. Hart, hmm. No, 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 no. Being in the image of Christ does not mean I'll have to grow a beard, Mrs. Hart. And even if I had to, I wouldn't. A beard would make me look at least 10 years older. Yes, yes, in the back. What do you think of women becoming priests? What, what do I think? Well, I don't like to sway people's viewpoints, so I'll plead the fifth on that one. Yes, but this is a dialogue sermon. I know it's a dialogue sermon. And dialogue means, I know what dialogue means. Is this your first visit to our church? Yes. Well, welcome. Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Quinn? I haven't given my unswayed viewpoint yet. That's true, you haven't. I think women should be priests. You, you look rather familiar. Where are you from? I attend St. Francis Seminary. That's where I've seen you before. Give your rector, Monsignor Burke, my best regards when you see him. Uh, now, Mr. Quinn, don't you want to know why I think women should be priests? By all means, by all means, uh, don't be shy. Well, you said that priests should be in the image of Christ. 
No, I did not say that. The Pope did. Whoever. But when Christ was crucified, only three people stayed with him to the very end, and two of the three were women. At the foot of this cross was his youngest apostle, St. John. His mother, right, his mother, and an ex-hooker. All of the men either denied him or were hiding out. On the way to being crucified, it was a woman who pushed through a hostile crowd and wiped all the blood and male spit off his face. The first person he appeared to after his resurrection was Mary Magdalene. I really feel that the courage and loyalty these women showed the actual person Jesus is in his image. And I think it's foolish to continue depriving ourselves of the beautiful qualities a woman could bring to the priesthood. This is but one example of how the church suffers a bias against women that is defied by common sense and by scripture. At least that's my reading of the play and scripture and frankly of what the church is and should have done. But then again, I've been trained by Jesuits. Stay tuned. When we analyze what's wrong in our society, such as racist or sexist abuses, no avenue should be left unexplored. In this case, that means the church that fostered this instrument of death and destruction. In this case, it's this evangelical church, but there are other, well, biases and prejudices maybe not as evident as in evangelical churches. They're there so long that they're not questioned. In this case in Atlanta, however, focusing on that, it means drilling down on how the shooter got a gun and wielded it against those immersed in love of family and career and how he destroyed it all. If the FBI won't do it because they're just not sure that it's a hate crime when it is, and the Hill doesn't do it, although they had hearings, and I think they did a good job on that. But it's not mutually exclusive. Journalists should do it. Citizens should do it. People who have information should do it. And we should be confronting everyone responsible, because otherwise this will just go on. Time passes, nothing happens. It happened with guns, it'll happen with this, it happened with all those demonstrations last year for the systemic racism among police. It's all of a kind. It's all about bigotry. It's all about a nation that can't fulfill its promise made when this nation was created, when we declared our independence and we formed a constitution and we've tried to perfect it since and it's still not perfect. This nation's original sin was slavery. It was also killing Native Americans. It was slaughtering Asians. It was imprisoning Japanese and more terrible things that this nation has done. Enough is enough, now is a time when we should not just repair what our last chief executive did, but have a view toward the future to do something more and greater and worthy of us as a people and a nation that will be respected around the world. 
But if we shortchange this effort and pretend this is about one shooter, that's a sure way to kick the can down the road politically to the next incident when we'll say the same things. Just like we've done with gun violence and so many other issues that shame the nation, that this can go on after so many examples of so much bias and brutal abuse of others. So, that's our rallying call. Let's do something about it. Let's press those who are supposed to do something about it, do something about it. Let's contribute to candidates who will be elected next year, who will do something about it. Thank you for paying attention. I hope it was uh, interesting. Uh, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. And if you haven't uh, yet subscribed, please do, because we enjoy having you week after week. And uh, you can catch my notices or, or feedback on uh, Twitter. All the best. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. We won't be free. We huddle close. Hang on to a dream. Today.